Should the New York Giants stick with Tommy DeVito the rest of the season, regardless of what happens with Tyrod Taylor? That and more on today's Locked On Giants podcast. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Giants podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family. Your team every day. I'm your host, Patricia Chena, P Train. And thank you so much for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day, or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And a special shout out to my everydayers, my Blue Crew uh, community members, uh, newcomers, and everybody in between. You are appreciated. You can find us, of course, on YouTube and anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can follow me at Patricia underscore Trina on the platform formerly known as Twitter. On today's Locked On Giants podcast, should Tommy DeVito remain the Giants quarterback for the rest of the season, regardless of what happens with Tyrod Taylor? We're going to discuss that. Then in segment two, we're going to talk about Saquon Barkley. And gee, has he done enough to prove his value to the Giants where maybe they should stop playing around and give him a contract? We'll talk about that. And then finally in segment three, I have a list of young players that just in looking at the list and what they've been able to contribute, I think is going to give us some clues as to the direction the Giants might go in in the offseason, whether it be in free agency and in the draft. So we'll go through that as well. That's our agenda here for the Lachlan Giants podcast. As always, thank you. All right, let's get into it. Should the Giants keep Tommy DeVito, the quarterback, for the rest of the season, regardless if Tyrod Taylor, who is due to come off of IR after the bye week, should the Giants stick with DeVito? Now, a lot of people will say, well, you know, he played fairly well, all things considered, in his two starts. He's got a one-in-one record. Why not? Why change it? You know, he, he held his own against Washington, which, you know, admittedly, Washington is, their defense isn't like Dallas's defense. But here's kind of what I think the Giants are going to do at quarterback. And here's what I would do, because I think this makes sense. Tommy DeVito obviously will get the start this weekend against the New England Patriots because Tyrod Taylor has another two weeks to be on IR. So that'll be this week and next week, the bye week, which does count. So DeVito doesn't have to worry about, you know, Matt Barkley coming up. They're going to stick with him. But you watch DeVito's game. And this was very evident against the, uh, the the commanders. He was sacked nine times. And of those nine sacks, I want to say I had about five of them on DeVito, meaning that he held the ball too long or he didn't, you know, scramble out of trouble, which resulted in, you know, the commander's defense being able to catch up with him. Now, the good news is, is that taking a sack is a heck of a lot better 
than throwing the ball wildly into coverage and risking an interception. And that DeVito was able to protect the ball when under duress and not have it stripped out of his grasp, that is a positive. All right. It's not, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, being a runner up in a contest. You didn't quite win, but, you know, the fact that you qualified is a positive. Here's the thing, though. And this is why I think the New England game this weekend is going to be a big one for Tommy DeVito. Bill Belichick has his defense running through that New England Patriots team. And we have seen many, many times. We saw this last with Daniel Jones, as a matter of fact, when Daniel Jones was a young quarterback. Belichick's defense can be confusing for a young quarterback. They do all kinds of disguises, all kinds of funky stuff, stunts, you name it. I mean, anything to confuse a young quarterback. So in my mind, DeVito's facing a big test this weekend, which I think will ultimately decide if the Giants stick with him, even after Tyrod Taylor is eligible to come off of IR. So if DeVito holds up well, doesn't throw any interceptions, doesn't make any stupid mistakes, doesn't get fooled by what Belichick's defense will run, then he helps himself. Now, there's one other thing about DeVito's game I want to mention real quick, sticking with the sacks and, you know, how many are on the quarterback versus how many on the offensive line. DeVito, in holding the ball as long as he does and taking the sack, I mentioned that's a good thing because, again, the Giants are retaining possession of the ball, even though they're losing yardage. As the game continues to slow down for him, you got to wonder, is he going to um, is he going to get rid of the ball faster? And if so, are his reads going to be sharp? Or is he going to, again, be fooled by what he sees? You know, because obviously as the game slows down court, and quarterbacks learn to trust what they see, they tend to get rid of the ball faster. And, you know, you, you look at the time to throw. If a quarterback is is holding is is averaging more than 2.8 I'm sorry 2.5 seconds to throw a lot of times that's because he's holding the ball too long ideally you want to have him get rid of that ball faster you know on those shorter drops so I'm curious to see again will DeVito a have the game speed up for him to where he's getting the ball out of his hands quicker throwing it away you know rather than taking the sack and the negative yardage or is he going to, you know, speed things up and then make mistakes to which you say to yourself at that point, okay, Tyrod, when you're ready, you're coming back in. So again, just to recap, Sunday's game against the Patriots, a big one. You know, not taking away what DeVito did against Washington. He had a good game, all things considered. You know, take away the sacks, obviously, you know, throwing Three touchdown passes. You know, some people, again, will argue that Washington's defensive secondary, not really good. They were playing with a swish cheese secondary. I don't want to take away from the kid and what he did. But Belichick's defense is going to be a test because of all the confusion that it creates for a young quarterback. And if DeVito passes that test, if he doesn't make mistakes, if he's able to move the ball, if he's able to get points on the board, 
by all means, I say, let him ride the rest of the way. As long as he's healthy, let him ride the rest of the way. Have Tyrod Taylor be the backup. Because remember, Tyrod's coming off the rib injury. So that just gives him even more time to continue his rehab. They don't have to rush him back. And just roll with it for the last six weeks. So that's what I think is going to happen. But of course, we will see if the coaches' staff agrees. All right, coming up next. Has Saquon Barkley made enough of a case for a long-term contract? We'll discuss that right after this. Hey, Giant fans. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, right? So that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. I myself have used LinkedIn Jobs to find aspiring writers for Giants Country, the site that I run over on SI's Fan Nation, and the process is not only super easy, but a big time saver. Simply add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize whom you'd like to interview and hire. So don't spend time sorting through endless resumes and dead-end leads. Put LinkedIn Jobs to work to you today for free by visiting linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Giant fans, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national 24-7 sports streaming channel. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Traina, P-Train. And on this segment, we're going to talk about Saquon Barkley and if he has done enough to convince the Giants that, yeah, let's not mess around here. Let's get a long-term deal done. So let's get into that. Now, um, again, I'm just kind of going off of the whole season here as well as going back a little bit to his body of work. Most people who are against retaining Saquon will point to the injury history. He had another injury this year, missed time. He's another year older. You know, why tie up big money in a running back when you can get another running back? Well, in case you haven't noticed, take a look at who's behind Saquon right now on the depth chart. They don't really have anybody who can pick up the slack. Now, you're saying, okay, well, they can get somebody next year. Wasn't that what they were trying to do this year? And it didn't pan out. So that being said, the Giants averaged more yards with Saquon in the in the game, all right, uh, rushing yards that is. This past week, they dialed up some passing plays for Saquon, which worked, okay? Um, Saquon, you know, was really the catalyst in that offense to get the chains moving, with that big run at the end of the third quarter. Now, again, some of you naysayers will say, well, what did he do the first, you know, the first almost three quarters of that game? There were some run blocking issues, you know, and yes, I know Saquon's pass protection was not very good, but look, right now, Saquon is a dual threat. You know, it's kind of like the equivalent almost of a, of a 
on defense when you have a edge rusher who can play the run and rush the passer. Saquon's a dual threat. I would not necessarily break open the bank for him. What I would do, however, okay, the franchise tag for a running back next year is estimated to be $13.138 million. Why not give him a deal, you know, figure a three-year deal with an out after two years for about maybe $15 million, well, not 15 for about $14 million. We'll say $14 million since, you know, the numbers are going up, obviously. Will that be enough to keep him? Look, if you're Saquon and you know that you're another year older, you've had more injury issues, you're probably not going to get the contract you hope for, right? The Giants are going to be in a situation next year with their salary cap to where if you think about it, Saquon is probably the only guy, and I'm not counting Xavier McKinney because I don't think McKinney is going to be back next year, but Saquon's going to be the top unrestricted free agent for this team. Meanwhile, you know, Dexter Lawrence has been resigned. Andrew Thomas has been resigned. Um, Graham Gano has been extended. Daniel Jones, of course, extended. So Saquon is really the only one of the batch who, you know, has a chance of coming back that also hasn't been resigned. So that being said, if the Giants wanted to get it done with him, I think they're probably in a better position to do so next year than say if they were, you know, looking to get it done last year where they obviously had to make a choice. Now, how do I see it playing out? I do think the franchise tag is going to be in play here because I can't think of anybody else that's scheduled to be a free agent for this team that maybe warrants the the franchise tag. And I do think the Giants will try to get something done with Saquon, who continues, by the way, to be a stellar teammate, a stellar representative of the uh, franchise, and a pretty good and productive player. When he's in the lineup, I think you probably notice um, his contributions. When he's out of it, you notice what's missing. And, you know, to me, it makes all the sense in the world for the Giants to want to bring him back. And here's the other reason why I would consider bringing him back and signing him to uh, potentially a two, two year, actually a three year deal with an out after two. If the Giants decide to bring in another quarterback next year, and there's a pretty good chance they will, whether it's, you know, in the first round, the second round, wherever. And I say that because I'm not so sure if Daniel Jones is going to be ready to start next year. Too early to tell, obviously. It's all going to depend on when he has his surgery and how his rehab goes. But anyway, if the Giants do bring in a young quarterback, just like, you know, kind of like they were thinking back in the day when they drafted Saquon to help out Eli Manning, who was at the end of his career, you know, give Eli a running game so that, you know, they could take some of the onus off of him. Saquon can help take some of the onus off of a young quarterback. Kind of like when Tiki Barber was here in the last few years of his career, his presence helped to take some of the onus off of a young Eli Manning. So I could see the Giants potentially, you know, repeating history, even though Joe Shane, Brian Dable, not a part of that history when Eli Manning was here. But it kind of makes sense if you think about it. You want to make sure that, you know, you have things set up for a potential new quarterback. You know, that's been one of my my complaints, my chief complaints about the Giants 
and how they have gone about their business. You know, with Daniel Jones, with not having an offensive line in place, with not having, you know, top-notch receivers. This is something that, you know, the Giants can look to fix. They already have the running back in place. They can extend him, like I said, or if need be, franchise tag him. Focus on fixing the offensive line and maybe get get him a number one receiver onto this roster because that those three elements are important for any quarterback, whether it be a young guy or a veteran coming in, for them to find success. And that's just something that the Giants haven't really done, if you think about it, in how they built their roster the last you know few years. So that's what I would like to see for Saquon Barkley, him returning um, on a three-year deal with two years out, um, an average of about, let's see, like I said, the uh, the tag is 13.138, so maybe about 14 to 14.5. I know to some of you that sounds like a lot right now, but again, as the numbers go up, as the salary cap goes up, the Giants should be able to afford that since Saquon is really going to be their only big free agent ticket signing if they of course choose to re-sign him. So that's what I would do. Now I'm curious, those of you who are listening, what would you do? Would you re-sign Saquon to a three-year deal with two years out? Would you just simply do the franchise tag? Or would you let him walk and take your 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 chances in the draft? Knowing that right now if you let Saquon go, the only running backs you have under contract, Gary Brightwell, and Eric Gray, both of whom, of course, spent time on IR. Eric Gray, not really ready to play on offense before he started uh, his stint on IR. So I think you keep Saquon. But I want to hear what you think. So if you're listening on our audio platforms, send me an, an email and let me know. If you're watching this on YouTube, drop a comment in the box below. I'm curious to hear what you guys and gals think about that. All right, coming up next. I'm going to talk about the youth movement on this team. I'll explain more right after this. Hey, Giant fans. So it never fails. You're watching a game and then you suddenly get a rumble in your stomach. But with so few precious minutes between plays and quarters, often there's barely enough time to run to the fridge and heat something up to munch on. Well, now you don't have to, thanks to DoorDash. Whether you're craving pizza, wings, tacos, burgers, you name it, and DoorDash can bring it straight to your door so that you don't have to miss a second of your favorite programming. For years, I've trusted DoorDash to deliver freshly made meals from my favorite restaurants, whether I'm at home or on the road, and they've never let me down. DoorDash has allowed me to support my favorite small business stores like the Food Architects over in Central Jersey. And DoorDash doesn't just deliver meals. They get groceries, snacks, and incidentals delivered from local drugstores and convenience stores as well. You'll get what you ordered or they'll make it right. And you can save on all your deliveries with a monthly Dash Pass membership that more than pays for itself after just a couple of deliveries. There's never been a better time than now to join DoorDash. As for a limited time, you can get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $10 when you spend $15 or more on that order. Download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCK23 at checkout. Offers subject to change, terms apply. Welcome back, everybody, to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Traina, P-Train. And before we get into this final segment, just real quick, I want to give you a heads up on what's coming up 
on the Locked on Giants podcast Thursday. Uh, we will have a show on Thursday. We're actually going to tape it um, before Thursday, which, uh, of course, is Thanksgiving. But that's crossover Thursday. So Mike debate of Locked on Patriots and I will break down this weekend's Giants-Patriots game. And then um, I'll have a show for you probably on Wednesday and on Friday. I don't think we're going to do a live stream this week because of the holiday. Now, the following week is the bye week. I can tell you for a fact we're not doing a live stream because I'm going to be tied up. But not to worry, folks, because I will have a week's worth of shows for you. We're going to talk draft. We're going to talk uh, the injury show that I've been promising you that's going to come out. And I'm not sure if that's going to be a one-part or two-part show. I haven't taped it yet. But uh, usually that type of show turns into a, a lengthy discussion. I might break it up. And then I've got my airing of the grievances, which uh, is going to be kind of a fun show, but not really a fun show. It's just just one that, you know, I, I came up with this idea, um, taking borrowing it from um, uh, Seinfeld, actually, uh, the airing of grievances. So I'm going to do a show on that. And then let me see what else I have for you. And then... We're going to talk about what to watch for for the rest of the year. So, oh, and, and of course, we'll have the review of the Patriots game. So that's for the bye week. I'm going to give you a week's worth of shows while I sneak away and get some time off because I need it. Okay. All right, folks, let's get into this final segment. This final segment, we are talking about the youth movement. Now, in putting this together, what I did was I took a look at some of the younger players and their performances or lack thereof and how that might potentially influence what the Giants do this coming off season. Now in the first segment, I talked about Tommy DeVito and how, if he can continue to progress, he could potentially, potentially become QB two on this team. And I say that because Tyrod Taylor is going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. He does have avoidable year next year. So he will count on the books but he won't, you know, unless he's extended. And interestingly, I always thought the Giants would extend him, but the fact that they haven't maybe suggested they might be thinking of moving on. I don't know. You know, so can Tommy DeVito be the QB2 next year, whether that's behind Daniel Jones or a new quarterback? Or if it's, you know, Daniel Jones is a starter, which again, I'm not so sure if that's going to be the case. Tommy DeVito could be QB2. And if uh, you know, the Giants bring in a young quarterback to be their franchise guy of the future, then maybe Daniel becomes QB too, assuming he's ready physically. And DeVito just hangs out another year, working his way to eventually becoming QB two. So that's one scenario. Now I looked at um, the 2021 and 2022 draft classes. 2023 is in progress right now. So the jury's kind of still out on them. And just in looking at the youth movement here, so I looked at um, the different players, the different positions, and whether or not they contributed to the depth to fortify it moving forward. And I'm going to start with um, running back with Gary Brightwell. Um, Gary Brightwell, Ja'Shawn Corbin, who was an undrafted free agent who they signed. Um, they've got Eric Gray, who's from this year's class. Really, none of them thus far have jumped out to make you feel good about them being an RB2 behind, potentially behind Saquon Barkley. Now, I don't think necessarily the Giants will draft at that spot. I think if anything, they will probably add a veteran 
will that veteran be Matt Breida? Well, Matt Breida this year, not quite the um, underrated impact that he made last year. So maybe they move on from him. I don't know. Maybe they go with Deshaun Corbin as their RB2 next year. But uh, yeah, running back, it's going to depend on what they do with Saquon. But right now, I don't think we can honestly say that we have anybody on the roster even remotely close to Saquon to where if he has to miss time, you know, you don't have to worry about it. Whereas, you know, a few years ago, Wayne Gallman um, filled in nicely for Saquon and was productive. Okay. Cornerback, Aaron Robinson. Anybody remember him? Yeah, he's still on the pup list. He's probably going to stay on the pup list the rest of the year at this point. Okay. Um, Cornerback who was supposed to be in the mix. You add in the fact that, um, that Adoree Jackson won't be back next year. Probably Uh, the giants may need to get another cornerback. You know, they do have Cordell Flott, who has developed nicely. And of course, Deontay Banks, Trey Hawkins, you know, those guys have come along. So maybe you get another, you know, guy for depth at the cornerback situation at the cornerback spot. Edge. All right. Aziz Ojulari, he's got one more year on his deal, but quite honestly, folks, what a disappointment. Between him not staying healthy and, you know, when he's been on the field, he's kind of been invisible. And the fact that the Giants really don't have edge depth, they got to address that position in the offseason, whether it be through free agency or the draft, they've got to add at that spot, in my opinion. Um, Offensive line, the Giants had Marcus McKethan, who they ended up benching after giving him a starting shot. To be fair to the young man, he was just coming off of missing his entire rookie season and most of training camp, and got thrown into the deep end of the pool, predictably struggled. You know, Joshua Zudu, to be fair to him, they moved him to left tackle, a position he hadn't practiced at in the NFL level until about a week and a half before the start of the regular season. Evan Neal, still struggling. Now he's dealing with an injury. Folks, offensive line, I don't have to tell you this, offensive line is a must to address in the offseason. Tight end, they have Daniel Bellinger. Of course, they have uh, Darren Waller, Lawrence Cager. Waller injured again. I would get another tight end if I'm the Giants. Um, Defensive tackle, DJ Davidson, and then, of course, Jordan Riley, the rookie. I would get those guys as much playing time as I could to see what they have. I mean, at this point, you know, Sean Robinson, I think, is on a one-year deal. And I think Raheem Nunes-Roches had a multi-year deal, but they can cut him after this year. I'd try to get younger there if I'm the Giants. Um, safety, they should be okay with Dean Belton. I like his game. Micah McFadden has been phenomenal. So, uh, you know, no problem there with inside linebacker. Wandale Robinson starting to round into shape at receiver. So really, you know, you look at this and you say to yourself, okay, some early emerging needs besides maybe quarterback, offensive line, obviously, running back, um, additional depth at cornerback, um, and an edge rusher. So those would be some of the positions that I think the Giants are going to look to address sooner than later this coming off season, given how some of this younger talent has kind of played out. All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Giants podcast. 
as always, thank you so much for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. Or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day, be sure to tune in tomorrow for an all new episode of the Lockdown Giants podcast. Until then, I'll see ya and have a great one.